Passage Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Holy Toledo, Aaron. 2017. Bass Edge continues to rock on. Excited for a new year of Bass Edge Radio. What do you think, bud? Yeah, uh, new year. Not only new year, Kurt. It is a major overhaul at, uh, of course, the Bass Edge brands. And, you know, a lot of those things you would not let me talk about until today. So uh, we're beyond Christmas now. We're beyond the new year. It's time for the major announcements, which leads me into a whole new website, obviously, for those that have been on there. They've noticed uh, a lot of different things going on there. New boat, Kurt. Of course, that's that time of year for uh, the Bass Edge boats, but it's also a completely new brand. Proud, very, very proud and excited to engage with Nitro Boats running that Z21. Excited to, uh, I've kind of had it out. It's been a little chilly lately. I didn't want to break too much ice and tear up the Megawear Keel Guard wrap, but uh, <laughs> definitely looking forward to kind of putting that thing to use. A lot of new video content coming, as you know. And uh, certainly new articles. We've paired up with some new writers through the uh, the one source uh, video and article content that you will be seeing under the sections there on BassEdge.com. And, of course, we're continuing, Kurt, with the O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards. I mean, just a lot of new things that will be coming to uh, Bass Edge Nation via social media, via the podcast, via the website. Exciting times. You bet, bud. And, and also bringing back a uh, sponsor from the past, we've got Luke. Oil in the mix again, so excited to have them back along with uh, Protect the Harvest. So, uh, man, Lawrence back on board. Just a lot of great things going for 2017. And uh, always, never going to forget MegaWare Keel Guard, the industry's first do it yourself keel protector, protecting your boat from harmful rocks and road debris. Get yourself a keel guard at keelguard.com. No doubt. And, uh, you know, speaking along the lines of new things, did you uh, happen to check out the blaster recently? <laughs> that uh, that came out this week. You bet. Blaster's been on fire. Um, I tell you, I saw one from uh, just a bit before, and uh, a cool video that Gerald Swindle had that uh, Jay talked about on the Bass Blaster. And uh, if you guys get a chance to check that out, it's kind of a review of 2016. Maybe a couple things you can put in your arsenal for 17 to make you the AOI of your particular trail, because Gerald certainly tore it up last year. That was real exciting and something I think everybody needs to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, kind of along the same lines of Swindle and, I guess, transitioning over into the elites, I noticed the finalization of, of the new elite roster. Have any thoughts there, Kurt? You bet, man. The elite roster is out. Uh, FLW Tour roster as well. But, uh, man, a couple of neat things on the elite roster. You got some guys that are crossing over into the elites, uh, obviously, with, you know, a few of the anglers not being able to requalify in the elites. Uh, I was in that mix a couple years ago, so uh, it's understandable. It's tough out there. It's tough to catch some fish we're going to see how some of these flw guys do though on the elite series in 2017 should be pretty interesting you got jacob wheeler headed over to the uh, elite series side you got gerald spoffer out of louisiana you got mark daniels jr and uh you know one that i'm really interested to see is stetson blaylock how he's going to handle that elite series stuff so uh should be super interesting i'll tell you what we're going to take a quick break bass edge radio is going to be right back Thank you. 
today's Protect the Harvest Tackle Tip with Cody Meyer. You know, today it's all about the drop shot for me and uh, how do you determine your leader lane? What I'll do, it's, it's all about what the fish are doing, how far the bait is off the bottom. You know, so typically if I see the bait off the bottom, two feet, I'll do a two foot leader. You know, if they're right on the bottom, I'll go to a smaller leader. Now, if you're fishing grass or structure like wood, you know, I'm always going to go with the small leader, typically about 10 inches, and that will always help you guys get a lot more bites. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. You know, Kurt, kind of, uh, you know, being fans of the sport, right, we, t- we talk a lot about, obviously, techniques and, and ways to improve and what's going on this time of the year, but also there's a lot of, of things just really that's happening kind of inside the industry. Aaron, there is. You know, uh, Newell, the parent company of Berkeley, uh, recently announced that they're going to be cutting back tremendously on some of their uh, promotional activities and marketing in the industry. I think you're going to see that affect a lot of anglers uh, moving into 17. The odd thing is, is this is happening in such a late part of the year, whereas a lot of guys are, you know, and anglers are already getting their boat wraps together and getting things ready to move forward. But it's a part of this business that isn't often talked about a whole lot. No, you're right. It's coming from the business end. I wonder if perhaps that uh, some of the numbers, maybe fourth quarter, were a lot worse than what they anticipated, or, you know, you never know. When new relationships, new managers, new directors come into an organization, they oftentimes will have a different view of those that, uh, you know, kind of were there before them. But it's certainly kind of a sign of the times. It's certainly a a sign of change in direction, and it'll be, I, I don't think we'll really know whether that decision has paid off until, right. you know, a year or so down the road, and you look back at sales and margins and things like that, but uh, unfortunately, it's going to impact a, a lot of anglers. No doubt about that, Aaron, and, and I think the biggest thing is is some of the information that's out there coming from the parent company, Newell, that, you know, harbors a lot of those Berkeley products. I mean, you got Berkeley, Abu, geez, the list goes on. There There's several other ones that are a part of that. That conglomerate of branding, you know, I think they're just kind of moving directions totally out. They've talked about even selling off, you know, the, some of these portions of, of the business. So uh, anyway, something to really follow and, and kind of see some of those changes. I know, you know, a lot of us being fans and, and watching and seeing what else happens and, and who's promoting what products and who's aligned with who. It's 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 an interesting aspect of the sport. So um, it's fun to check it out. But there's also with 2017 and, and the new series of MLF is coming on. So that is way exciting, man. I'm all 
always love competing in the MLF format and, um, you know, just to see the shows now that you can watch them on TV and, and all the fans are getting a piece of it. It's really a great way for the weekend angler to look at a way anglers attack a lake and catch fish quickly. I think it proves a lot of lessons. Yeah, it does. And I, and I think as a fan, right, uh, first and foremost, but then to kind of take that to a different direction beyond just the competitive aspect and the entertainment value that we get to see on TV is the learning aspect, which obviously that's kind of the, the motto, right, of, uh, of Bass Edge is to pursue your passion. And you can actually raise your fishing IQ by watching and learning how to attack those lakes. We said it many times before, you know, you guys show up on those those bodies of water that maybe you have never seen or never heard of or never been on. And it's an opportunity to really look at how you guys, the pros that do this full time, break down a body of water, the thought process that goes behind it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a fun way to do that. I know for sure. But hey, speaking of fun and speaking of information and raising fishing IQ, we've got the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight that's right around the corner. And I've got to tell you, there's going to be some big results and big topics that we're going to talk about right after these messages. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. I'm Brad Pochop Angler, Matt Reed. This is BASS Elite Series Angler, Bradley Roy. I'm BASS Elite Angler, Alton Jones Jr. Bass Mass Elite Series Angler, Stephen Baby, Cliff Crochet. I'm FLW Tour Angler, Scott Ashmore. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle, Bassmasters Elite Series Pro, telling you, do what the cool kids do and listen to Bass Edge Radio. We are starting off the year with some monster bass info here on Bass Edge Radio's Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. The up-and-coming new spotted bass world record holder, I'm thinking that's going to happen anyway, FLW Tour Angler Cody Myers in the house. Fantastic to have you on Bass Edge, Cody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good morning, guys. Hey, good morning, Cody. And as Kurt mentioned, uh, sounds like we have some sizable topic or topics to talk about today, but I want to make sure... Everyone knows the latest scoop from this amazing spotted bass. How did it all go down, Cody? It was so crazy. So I live in Northern California, uh, Auburn, California, to be exact. So I grew up fishing this spotted bass lake. It's Bullard's Bar. It's kind of no secret. And the deal with the lake is they, they stock these kokanee. It's a, a kokanee is a landlocked salmon, and uh, they grow really slow. So you know they'll, they'll stock them and they'll spawn. And and you know you're talking six to twelve inch fish. And so spots will eat them and they get humongous size as, as you guys know now, you know, just world record size spotted bass. And the day started off like a typical day. You know, we, we got up there, it was cold. Uh, there was quite a few boats on the lake and we ran around and, and I finally pulled up on a point and the whole goal was to, to catch a couple nice fish and uh, get some good photos. Well, I started off, I caught a, I caught a 6.66 first thing in the morning. You know, these fish are, they were suspended. <laughs> <That's> giant, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, and right off the bat, I'm like, 
dude, awesome. I mean, the day's the day is complete pretty much because you got you know a really good spot of bass photo. I mean, anywhere in the country, that'd be a giant for sure. And uh, about five minutes later, I caught another big one, an eight point three five. So it, it was like unbelievable. You know, I mean, we're talking ten minutes of fishing, and uh, I got two giant bass in there. And then. So we, 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 uh, we take some photos, we do some stuff, we make sure the fish are taken care of. You know, I'm, I, I believe in, you know, obviously preserving these beautiful fish. And so we do that and then we run around the lake and, uh, you know, we fish for a while with nothing. Then it all happened. I pull up on a point and, uh, you know, kokanee, the salmon are really weird. They, they never go to the bottom. So they're always suspending. So bass of, of these spotted bass of this size, you know, they, they really never go to the bottom either. They just follow the kokanee. And so I actually turned on my graph. I saw a ton of fish down about 20 feet over a hundred feet of water turned around. I throw out there. I was throwing a strike King Ocho. It's a five inch uh, stick bait. It was just weightless. It was sinking down and I felt the bite. I set the hook and the fish took off for about five feet. And I, and I immediately called big one and then it stopped. It actually <laughs> stopped. I literally thought I was snagged. I mean, I'm sitting there holding the rod at six pound test. So super light line, but I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm snagged. And then it turned around. It slowly swam right by the boat, right out to deep water, nothing to it. It wasn't afraid or if or anything, I'm, I'm pretty sure the fish didn't even know. So, and then it realized it, it took off and, I literally battled that thing for it seemed like five, six hours, but it was, it was <laughs> probably five, five minutes. <laughs> and uh, it came up, it, it rolled on its side. I, I thought, you know, it was, it was done. My buddy grabbed the net, he went out there, and then it took off again. And then it finally came up. We netted this thing, and, you know, we were screaming, going crazy. We, we both thought it was probably a 12 pound spot. You know, I, I just caught an eight pounder, and it looked so much bigger. So, that's kind of how it went down. It was obviously just a, an amazing catch, and and the day really wasn't even done at that. We you know we we continued to catch a few more fish. My buddy caught one uh, that was seven point four seven right after that. That was his personal best. And then also when you catch a spot that big, you know I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, is this a world record? Is this right, what is right. this thing? So we fought. Yeah, we, we finally weighed this bass and uh, had a good idea of what it was going to weigh. You know, it was 10 three-quarter pounder. So I called fishing game, and uh, as I'm talking to him, I sat down for probably five minutes. And, you know, I was actually shaking. My hands were shaking, you know, and I've caught a lot of big fish in the past. But, I mean, this was obviously totally different. And I was shaking, so I finally kind of got it together. I retied, and as I'm sitting there, I fire back out there, talking to fishing game. And I set the hook again, and I said, oh, my gosh, i got another big one. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up handing the phone to my, my buddy, and I caught an 8.27. So, obviously, it wasn't as big, but it was just – it was a. So, what did your, what did these day. five fish weigh? Like, what was yeah, the total so, weight like of these? 45, 40, 44, 45 pounds, maybe? Yeah, we had 41.55, so for five spots. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable, man. That That is such an epic day. I mean, just crazy catch. And, uh, man, to hear you describe that and, and how the whole thing went down, you know, it sounds like for a minute there you're like wondering, yeah, maybe catfish.
fish, you know, kind of what's going on right here until it realized it was hooked. But uh, that is freaking awesome. So, you know, let's talk about that a little bit more. You, you mentioned a little bit in, uh, about the type of positioning that the fish had. Do you find that that's pretty typical in, in winter fishing, um, not only just on that particular lake with that specific bait fish, but this time of year, does, does that species you're targeting, you know, kind of typically hang in that mode it, it really does yeah you know so spotted bass in in the cooler temps in the, in the cooler water they're going to either be eating crawdads or some type of bait so when they're eating crawdads it seems like out here in california in my experience you know across the country they'll move up on flats or on points in the afternoon and that's when you'll catch them on like a crawdad bait well you know here these fish they're they're all about those coconuts so they're always going to suspend. They rarely go to the bottom, especially when the water's cool. You know, that's just what they do. They'll, they'll roam around. They'll go from point to point. They, they don't even have a home, really. They just, they're, they're all about the bait. So you ask yourself, how do you even find those fish? And you just pretty much, you have to find the bait first to find the bass. So once you find the bait, you know, then you can uh, find those fish a little, little quicker by finding the right structure. Cody, I always learn a lot from talking with you because I, I share your kind of your passion and, and and really your your strength you're known as a finesse angler and certainly anxious to kind of dive off into that topic but you know much like with most accomplished anglers like you and Kurt you have to have more than kind of one uh, one trick in your bag and and let's kind of dive off just quickly into the types of power techniques that you lean on kind of in the winter you know for me you know I love finesse fishing like you just mentioned but I love power fishing too. I mean, I love throwing chatter baits and huge swim baits. Growing up here in California, you uh, fish Clear Lake in the Delta and you're, you're throwing a frog, you're flipping, you're punching, throwing 12-inch swim baits, and then you can finesse fish as well because we have these spotted bass lakes. But for me, I am a huge swim bait guy. And it doesn't mean throwing a 16-inch bait. I mean, I like that that 6-inch paddle tails type bait. So for me, you know, power fishing in the, in the winter, that's, that's my go-to for sure. And it's so versatile. You can throw it on a, on a jig head. You can throw it on a Texas rig. But for me, you know, a, a jig head between three-eighths of an ounce to three-quarters of an ounce, it's, you can fish in deep water, open water. And, you know, I get a ton of big bites doing that. And I typically I'll, I'll start with that before I even go to finesse fishing. But this particular day, you know, the conditions just really didn't call for it with the no wind you know, in clear skies. Right, right. And uh, just moving forward into some, some more of that wintertime application, you know, finesse fishing often seen as as limit getters, right? And, and you're the master yep. at bringing five to the scale. I mean, you do it more consistently than anyone that I know of. How do you decide when you turn to finesse versus stay with some of those power techniques you just mentioned? Is it a condition or maybe a time of year? What plays in those decisions that you make? You know, for me, it's uh it's, it's kind of just conditions, really. I, I always fish the moment. I don't fish the past. And, you know, I typically will start with something big, you know, power fishing or some way to get a big bite. And then if I'm in an area that's really good, I, I, I feel like there's a bunch of bass down there that they're not biting a swim bait or they're flipping and they're not biting it. Well, then I'll, I won't leave that area without some bass fishing. Just to make sure, you know, just to make sure that, hey, I'm not missing, you know, any, any bites or missing any fish or a green opportunity. But you know, like I say, I'll start with the finesse or the, the power stuff and then I'll go to finesse just as the day calls for it or the application. There's some days where you have to finesse fish where, you know, the, the conditions are terrible. It's full moon, high skies, you know, not a 
cloud in the sky and, and no wind, well, you know, that's where it's going to really shine. But I, I'll do it. I'll do it a bunch, but just when it calls for it, like I said, I mean, if you're not getting bit and it's, and it's one o'clock and you're throwing a crankbait all day, well then, Hey, you know, to, to change it up. But if you don't need to, I never really do unless you absolutely, absolutely have to. That makes sense. We'll appreciate you sharing that with Cody. Hang tight. We're going to take a pause in the action for a moment. Bass Edge Radio will be right back with more from FLW tour angler, Cody Meyer. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio, presented by MegaWare Keelguard, returns with FLW Tour Pro Cody Meyer in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil high-performance marine products from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Hey, Cody, let's revisit that big fish real quick. So what was the old record that you that you probably eclipsed here and, and will take all the uh, glory from the spotted bass world <laughs> sure so the official world record right now is 10.38 and uh this fish weighed 10.80 so uh what i did we, we caught this bass we certified it you know and now it's just up to uh the igfa to type you know to go through all the, the info and, and certify this thing and what right. i found out is how hard it is to get something certified i mean you literally you know, you catch this fish. You cannot transport the fish. You you can't certify the fish on a dock or a, or the boat. You have to do it on land. So there was all these steps and processes. And 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 thank God, fishing game came up there and did it and documented it. We actually we videoed the whole thing, the certifications, and you know it's uh, it acts as another person to uh, as a witness and. You know, now it's just a waiting game is what I've been told. It could take two days up to two years. Who knows what's going to really happen. But the current world record, certified world record, like I said, is 10.38. So this one's, you know, quite a bit bigger. And uh, that was just a waiting game. Yeah, I crushed it. And also, it will be a, a line class world record. The fish was caught on six-pound test. So for a bass, <laughs> Wow. Well, what brand line? What brand line were you using? So you know that's got to yep. get out there, right? Seaguar fluorocarbon is a Seaguar cuts. There was the, was the exact uh, model of the the line, and it was six pound. And someone just asked, why would you throw six pound test? I mean, why would you do that? I mean, that seems crazy. But this lake, it's so clear. You know, at times you can see down, you know, thirty, forty feet, and if you throw an 8-pound, 10-pound, 12-pound, you just do not get those bites. And it sounds crazy from a 6 to an 8, but, you know, I'm one of those guys, hey, you've got to get the bite first before you can catch the fish. And, you right. know, throughout the course of a day on a, on a clear reservoir like this, I mean, that 6 pounds is going to get you two or three more bites over even an 8-pound. You could even downsize from there, but if you went to the 4, good luck with a, 
a 10 pounder because it was it was stressful enough with six pound i promise you you bet you bet well i bet cigar is uh super proud of what's going on and and man we look forward to uh hopefully hearing the news that everything's come through i I know your buddy that lives up in that neck of the woods uh from powell rods keith bryan is is uh probably happy that that you got i know he got eclipsed not too long ago did you lean on him at all to uh to make sure you you follow the procedures correctly or was fishing game just right on top of it for you yeah fishing game was right on top of it and funny because the fishing game warden uh he was the same guy there that was with keith and so you know they they know everything and, and he showed up after the fact with keith and you know that's the thing i mean there could be bigger fish caught but if it's not certified it doesn't count so you i mean once you catch a fish of that size it's probably never going to happen again you just want to you want to go by the book make sure everything's done properly that way hey if it, if it turns out to be a world record it was done right and you didn't blow your opportunity for sure that's right that's right good deal well let's break down real quick your two most effective finesse strategies and your setup of how to fish them correctly number one would definitely be a drop shot you know everywhere in the country that i've been they will eat a drop shot just because it's so natural you know the two ways I like to fish it. Typically, you know, 90% of the time it's going to be on a spinning rod. I'll do a, a longer spinning rod, you know, seven foot to a seven foot two uh, Daiwa spinning rod and Daiwa reel. I always go with a braided main line, you know, so a braided main line, and uh, that's Seaguar as well, to a four carbon leader. And I actually prefer a yellow braid. It sounds crazy. You're thinking yellow braid and clear water, but I go with a longer leader, so like a 25 to a 30-foot fluorocarbon leader. And what that yellow braid's going to do when you're finesse fishing, a lot of times you cast out, the bait's going to be sinking, and you can see that line jump. So it's going to act like a, a strike indicator if you're fly fishing. You could see it jump, and you could get a lot more bites that you wouldn't have seen with a, with a green line or something like that. So I'll do that. Typically, drop shotting, I'll do a 6 to an 8-pound at the most. Uh, even down to a four. And so that drop shot for me is, is you know, just a fish catcher. It, I had a, a record for, for FLW with 50 consecutive limits. So that's, you know, span like four years where every single day I fish, I caught a limit for four years. Really, really cool. And that drop shot was a huge part of that. Uh, the other time what I'm going to do is put on a bait caster, say if I'm in Florida, still finesse. But uh, then you're going to be going to like a 12 to a 15 pound fluorocarbon. And then the other one is probably going to be a shaky head. You know, that's a bait that is, you know, everybody kind of knows about. Everyone throws it, but still you can get real finessey with it. You know, you could do something uh, a little bit different like I do. Like I pour my own. Um, I, I like a smaller hook. You know, nowadays shaky heads have four-aught, five-aught hooks. Just a little bit too big. And uh, same thing, you know, light line. And the shaky head is just something you could fish everywhere as well it's weedless you could throw it you know in brush piles and structure so definitely helps out where open hook like a dart head or something that's a big thing out here on the west it's great for open water rocks and stuff like that but you know you get around brush wood you know you're going to hang up about every other task so the safety head is uh definitely a a must-have for me well and along those same lines cody often the tour anglers kind of are at the cutting edge, right? Before we, the the common folk out here, um, see a lot of the techniques because you guys really kind of perfect them and, and actually put them to the true test before they hit the mainstream. But any uh, new finesse strategies that's kind of hitting the tour? You know, obviously we've seen a lot of uh, press on uh, kind of the Nico rig, and you hear more chatter with the Ned rig. Um, but any any new techniques that you're working to perfect? 
you know, I, a lot of the little finesse swim baiting, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on like that. Uh, for me, you know, the Ned rig, uh, that's still new to me. I have, I've thrown it. I haven't done it a ton. And the Nico rig, you know, I've probably thrown that thing for 15 years out here in California. So it's, um, that's still a staple. I just do different weights and worms and stuff like that. But this finesse swim baiting is really, really cool. It's just tiny swim baits, really light line. It's just, it's going to match the hatch a lot of places we go. And that's been my thing, you know, as of lately for cutting edge finesse stuff. Makes sense. Real quick on bass activity. You know, you got cold water during these winter months, although still at some juncture, we decide to use power techniques. Some juncture, we decide to use finesse techniques. How how will the bass activity affect your presentations and how you choose which one to use during this cold water period? Well, it just depends kind of how the mood of the fish are. You know, if they're chasing stuff and there's a lot of activity, that's where I'll start with the power technique or, or water clarity. You know, if the water's cooler, you know, out here in California, if we get a lot of rain and these lakes will come up, you know, five, six, seven feet in a day's time. And that's when you do like a throw a big crankbait or you know, throw a big spinnerbait or something like that. Even in the cooler temps, just, you know, they get active, they get to chase. And so I'll keep that in mind. But then when everything slows down and those fish are super cold, you could tell, and they're not really moving. You know, a lot of times I'll look for those fish to be glued on the bottom. And I mean, you can see them actually just a little, a little back of the fish right on the bottom of the sonar. That's when you have to finesse fish. When they're just literally so cold, they're sitting down there and you catch them and there's mud on the belly. That's when I'll really, you know, lean on finesse fishing in cool water. Good deal. I, I tell you what, we're going to jump right into our O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day listener question segment. Kind of been hitting this topic a little bit, but Jorge Sanchez sent in a question. We thought it was right down your alley. And how can you help him determine when to utilize this? This is his question. If you fish finesse techniques early in the morning, it's easy to transition to other techniques like jigs or plastics or, you know, crankbait lures. But if you transition back to finesse techniques, what changes or signs throughout the day are you looking for or noticing to go back to that later in the afternoon? It would be weather conditions for sure. You know, let's say there's a breeze in the morning, it might be rainy in the morning. You know, it's perfect for power fishing or we're starting finesse fishing. So, you know, it'd be it'd be just the same thing. Finesse would call for, uh, or the conditions would call for finesse. You know, let's say you start off, the conditions are good, and then they get bad, uh, and then the sun pops out. You know, there's no wind out there. That's when you're going to go back to finesse fishing. You might change up a few things, like go to a more natural color of a worm, something like that. But it's really all about just conditions with finesse fishing. I mean, if the weather's bad, you really typically don't need to do it. That's when you can throw, you know, bigger stuff, uh, reaction baits, power fishing. But when the conditions are tough and high sky, that's when finesse fishing is obviously going to shine. Well, and I'm assuming, Cody, you're probably using as the ultimate indicator just uh, sheer response or bites, right? If they're biting it kind of odd or if you're not getting any, that's probably going to cause you to go in that direction as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, you got to get bites. And, you know, that's one thing with me. Is I, I try to get as many bites as I can throughout the day. I mean, a lot of guys out here in California, you know, you throw that huge swim bait, you're going for one bite every two weeks. For me, being a tournament angler, I have to get bit. I try to get bit as much as possible. And finesse fishing, like I said, it, it, it just does it for you. And that's the thing, you know, I've, I've applied back there. It's like, hey, I'm not going to go on tour and I'm not going to fish these events and not get bites. I mean, I want to throw the fun stuff. I want to throw the, a chatterbait. I want to throw a swim jig. 
you know, want to flip heavy grass. But if they're not biting, I'm going to try still to, to do whatever I can to catch fish because at the end of the day, we got to turn in these bass to, to make a living. And I want my hands to smell when I come home. I'm, my wife to go, hey, go to the bathroom and wash those hands because you, you definitely stink. So finesse fishing for me is just a safety valve that, you know, throughout my career, I've really leaned on to always get bit. Even at the worst time and worst conditions, it's going to help me catch more fish. Well, good stuff there, Cody, and certainly appreciate you tackling that question for Jorge. Jorge, two things we need. Be sure to email us again through our website at BassEdge.com, or you can click on the Claim Your Prize tab. Make sure you include your address, right, because we have to have that mailing instructions to be able to send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. Cody might have started off 2017 with the quote of the year already. That was awesome. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely uh, also need to remind Bass Edge listeners to send in your questions to the show via the website, BassEdge.com or through our social media outlet, Facebook and Twitter handle. Shoot us an email, support at BassEdge.com for your chance to win that O'Reilly Auto Part gift card. Cody, once again, uh, congrats on that amazing fish and really, quite honestly, the amazing day of fishing. Uh, That's just a a phenomenal story and certainly one that is going to be literally in the record books for a long time to come. We certainly appreciate you spending time with us here on Bass Edge. Any final words uh, for our listeners before we kind of dive off into a different direction? here no i mean that's that's about it man it's just again it was just an amazing day you know i can remember fishing this lake when i was 15 years old in california you don't have a driver's license my mom would literally back me in the water drop me off pick me up at dark so you know i'm 33 now i was 15 when i started on this lake so all these years i've been going after a world record size spot of bass and to finally have it happen was just you know a personal goal something that you dream about is an amazing amazing day so couldn't be happier all right cody it's been a great interview we're going to send you off with our new segment four last questions for you what was your first thought when you woke up this morning oh turn the coffee machine on who was your first paying sponsor uh it was actually pal rods it was keith bryant what body of water did you catch your first bass well the first body of water would be a farm pond that we, i grew up on but the first big body of water would be Lake Orville in California. What was the last picture you took with your phone? Uh, It'd have to be last night, and it was my little girl. She's almost two. She was eating spaghetti, and it was everywhere. Hair, (laughs) face, clothes, carpet. So I got a bunch of photos of that. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Cody. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. 
Kurt, obviously the world record fish is certainly a, a topic that we could spend a lot of time on, but there was also a lot of other meat that was in that interview. One in particular I found very interesting. He's known as a finesse angler, but yet he kind of alluded to that that's, he only uses that when he absolutely has to. Yeah, no question. We've got the ultimate meat and potatoes going on right here. So thing that I picked up on, similar to what you picked up on, Aaron, is that Cody really seems to still rely on those power techniques when the conditions are right. And he only really you know leans on that finesse bite when the conditions dictate it. So you know, he's still out there power fishing, but I think what you see a lot of times is when you go to new bodies of water or you see conditions that aren't really conducive to getting a lot of bites, he's able to shift quickly to those finesse tactics, but still utilize those power fishing techniques when it's applicable. And and that's probably why he is known so much as a finesse angler is is because he knows when to turn the switch. And that's such an important concept in angling and, and competitive angling and even in weekend angling, because it's no fun to go to the lake and throw something all day long and not catch much if nothing at all so being able to identify conditions change with confidence from a power technique to potentially a finesse technique or just recognizing that hey it's that finesse kind of day so that you can put more bass in the boat cody does that probably just as good as anybody out there on tour i'm gonna say probably a little bit better. I mean, he is the all-time limit getter. Well, that's what I mean, you read my mind there because that's what I was going to say. That's why he is likely known as a finesse guy, even though that he only uses that when he absolutely has to. It's because it produces the results that he needs, which is ultimately in his business, in the sport of competitive fishing, you have to put a limit in the boat. You bet. And apparently, just not a limit, but 10.80 pound spotted bass in the boat also. That was a six-pound test, you know, wacky rigging. um, California giant. Yeah, man. California is all about the Giants, isn't it, bro? Of course, you got the heyday stories of Southern California. But, man, you, you know, you look at the sacks that come out of those NorCal lakes. And, and now you think of a 40-plus pound spotted bass sack, dude. California has got to be a great place to go on vacation. Or if you've got the ability, just move out there for a few months and go jack some Giants. Yeah, I, you know, I never would have thought per se, I guess, in my uh, stereotypical view of of a spotted bass world record. I don't know. For some reason, I just didn't think it would come out of California. Who knows? Maybe I wonder where the next uh, largemouth will come from. Yeah, I'm thinking California. You know, that spotted bass deal has been on fire out there for several years. I know I know, we got to close the show down, Aaron, but I just want to reiterate the quote from Cody. He's not the guy that's going to go out there and throw a bait for two weeks for one bite. <laughs> that was was that not classic? I mean, that, I mean, opening up the J. January show in a new year with a solid quote like that. I hope we beat it. It's going to be tough. That's right. Speaking of opening, why don't we just close it right there? It has been an absolute blast. We appreciate you riding alongside of us on another year of Bass Edge Radio. It's going to be fun, guys. Cannot wait to see what the future has in store. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew. So long, everybody. Be sure to check out BassEdge.com and stay tuned with our social media of what's going on with Bass Edge Nation. Take care, everybody. The Edge 
is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.